0: I think that like leading with shame is never going to fix anything. Like I'm a firm believer in that and I just have no tolerance for it personally. I just think that shame stifles any kind of growth or change and I would rather lead with compassion and I do think people have to re-earn trust.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week of the Tea Please podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and this week is a really fun episode. I, of course, am excited to share with you. We have Bailey Stanworth and Jackie Rye from What Day Is It podcast. They are digital entrepreneurs, podcast hosts, Content creators and the What Day Is It podcast has been in my podcast rotation for over a year now. I love listening to them, they're one of my favorites to listen to in the shower. They talk about the fun, light, and relatable, and they also talk about relevant topics that's going on in the world, mental health, all the good stuff. I uh, love their podcast and I love them, so I was super excited to chat with them and excited to share with you. Before we get into this interview portion of the episode, I wanted to kind of give you some thoughts that I had about my weekend this weekend I did not share that much on Instagram stories but I had some thoughts that I like to share but I didn't want to share them on Instagram stories it's just a lot easier for me I think that's why I like podcasting so much because I can just be here in my bed under my weighted blanket on a Sunday night and this episode is supposed to air in like seven hours and just kind of talk through the things that come up for me when I process what happens in my life Okay, so this weekend was kind of a mess because starting on Friday, Taylor wanted to go to a baseball game. I did not want to go to a baseball game. I told him I don't really like baseball. I'll go to a few games, but I just did not want to go. So we had just gone to a baseball game like a few weekends before, and then he like very randomly got tickets, and then the people that we were going to go with couldn't end up going, so I just didn't want to go, so... We went to Evergreen instead and went on a hike around the lake or a little walk around the lake. It was definitely not a hike, but we did not go. And we basically lost $40 because we didn't go to this baseball game that we just didn't want to go to at the time. I'm really curious what the majority of people would do. If you had baseball tickets or like something, tickets to something that you wanted to go to, but then the night of the thing you didn't want to go to it, like you really did not want to go to it, what would you do? At that point, I think, like, economically, it's a sunk cost. Like, I did not want to go, and I was very happy with our choice to not go. But I wonder if some people would, like, definitely just go because you bought the tickets. That's totally a personality trait of mine, too, though. I hate committing to things like events or outings or anything like that because my energy levels fluctuate so much, so I don't know how I'm going to feel. And if I really know that it's not what I want to be doing that night then I have a really hard time like I just can't force myself to do that kind of thing. So that's what happened on Friday with the baseball game. Saturday, we were supposed to go working on the house like all day. I got up, I had my succulent overalls on like if you've seen those on my Instagram, those are like my working clothes. So I had them on in the morning. We took Rocket out and then we were like, "Oh, we have these free tickets to this record show in Denver." It was free again, so like we did not pay for these tickets in this case. But we totally forgot about him, so we weren't planning on going. So we went on a walk, and we were thinking, like, oh, man, that sounds so much more fun than, like, working on the house for a whole nother day. Like, literally all we do every single weekend is work on this house. Even some weekdays, like, we're all about the house these days. So we called up a few of our friends, and we're like, hey, do you want to go to this record show? And they said, yes. So we met them downtown, went to the record show. And then we're like, hey, maybe we should go with some foods. There's this really cool rooftop bar, tacos, margaritas, all that. So we go and then we have some more drinks. We already had like a few drinks at the record show. And then we're like, you know, there's this really cool mini golf place that's really close by. So then we just keep on going and go to mini golf, which was so fun. I finally like look at the clock and it's 7 p.m., literally 7 p.m. And we left at 11 a.m. The day just totally got away from us and we had so much fun, just totally unplanned, did not know how the day was going to unfold, went like totally opposite direction of what we thought we were going to do. And it was really hard to not feel guilty for that because this house is a massive, massive project and we can't move in right now. So we're paying double rent, we're paying our mortgage and we're paying our apartment rent because it's not livable right now. So... It's just a really expensive time of life, so we're feeling the pressure to keep moving on the house, but man, we really needed a break, and I'm glad we took it. So Saturday was super, super fun, and then Sunday, I knew that I was gonna be feeling a little bit down. Every time I have a drink of alcohol, I can expect that I will be a little bit sad the next day. So I really don't drink anymore. At most, I have like one drink a week, a week like literally not even that i think my average like monthly alcohol intake is probably 3 drinks a month like i don't drink very much anymore because of the day after and not just like the physical feeling of being hungover it's like the mental feeling and i just have a really hard time bouncing back and i just know that it's going to be hard for me to like have the right perspective the next day so i kind of knew that was coming because i had four drinks throughout the whole day which might not seem a lot cuz it was from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. I had four drinks in between there but that's like a lot for me because I don't ever drink and that's honestly why I'm recording this so late because I was not in the mood the whole entire day just trying to kind of get myself in the right headspace feeling good again doing all the things I have like a protocol for days that I'm not feeling really good and so I was doing all of those things today I should probably stop staying like today and Sunday because this is like you're not going to be listening to this on the day that I'm recording it but whatever So I did this poll on my Instagram stories. If you have been on my stories, then hopefully you saw it and you took the poll. But a lot of you don't drink that much anymore, um, or at least currently. A lot of you said zero to one drinks. That was the top answer. The second answer was, I think, two to three. And then still most of you said that you did notice that alcohol makes you sad the next day a little bit. Um, But there was a decent amount of you that said that, no, it doesn't really affect you that way and you don't feel sad the next day. And immediately I'm like, we are not built the same. (laughs) I like something is not the same in our brains because that is just not possible for me. Alcohol will 100% make me sad. So for those of you that do feel a little bit sad the next day, I wonder what things you do to help you get a little pep back in your step. For me, I definitely sleep in as long as I freaking want to. I don't get up until I'm fully rested. And then it's hydration, water. I drink a Noon. You know I love Noon tablets. Um, N-U-U-N gets the electrolytes in there. It's like a healthier version of Gatorade. Way less sugar. It's like 2 grams instead of like 37. Then it's movement. So Rocket makes that easy we went and took Rocket out for a walk. Actually, he doesn't make it that easy because we have to carry him. So we went around the lake by our house, which is like two and a half miles, but he definitely can't make the whole route anymore. So it's fine. We still got our movement in. So two and a half miles, which is a very decent amount. By that time, we're like, all right, let's eat. And then we're ready to relax for a little bit. So for lunch, we had this salad. It's one of our favorite salads that we make like anytime we're wanting to feel good or like we want to eat something that's going to make us feel healthy and nourished, and it's a really balanced meal. We go to this salad. I'll need to post it on my Instagram for you guys so you have the recipe, but it's kale, um, chickpea pasta, dried cherries, pecans, parmesan cheese, apples, and like a Dijon maple olive oil dressing. It's so good, and it feels really good to eat. And we made a smoothie with that. So that was lunch. And then we took the afternoon slow and easy. I worked on the podcast stuff. Taylor always has projects. So he was working on something that he wanted to. I took a super long shower. I did a hair treatment. I did self tanner, face mask. I did everything. Just leaning into a slow Sunday that I knew I was going to need a little more nurturing than a normal day. And This big long story because we were supposed to go working on the house Saturday and Sunday and we did not go to the house at all and I just have been really thinking about like the lesson that that's that that's teaching me with the feelings of guilt that came up and just feeling like we needed to do more like we didn't do enough and we didn't have time to have fun this weekend and we didn't have time to rest. Those were the things that were really in question. Should we have fun and should we rest or should we go work on the house. And we have been working so hard. So I'm really proud of ourselves for leaning into the opportunities for fun and rest that came up this weekend. And I know that we're going to make up for it. I think we're going to end up going to the house a few more weekdays this week than we normally would. But um, it's all right. It's part of the phase of life that we're in, which is really like trying to get everything done all at once, but also manage like how to enjoy our lives. Okay, that is plenty about me. Let's get into this week's episode with Bailey and Jackie of What Day Is It? podcast. We are talking cancel culture, influencer industry, confidence, accountability, Screen time. We're talking about all this and more. I really hope you love this episode. Go ahead and subscribe to the Tea Please podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. They come out every single Monday. The biggest thing you can do to support this podcast is share it with a friend. Any episode that you like, that you've gotten value from, share it online, not online. Just tell more people. That's the biggest thing you can do and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. All right, that should be it. Let's get into it.
2: One of the first topics I kind of wanted to talk to you both about was the influencer industry. I'd love to hear your general sentiments and thoughts about the influencer industry and any myths that you see that people have, like perceptions of the industry that don't really feel like describe the industry well. What do you think?
0: Oh, I mean, that's like such a broad topic. I feel like I've been about this for a long time. Um, I mean, myths, I think like the classic one is that it's easy. And I mean, I just think also that it's not, I wouldn't call it really a myth, I think it's just a stigma around influencers and maybe that it's like a joke of a job almost or that it's not taken seriously by some people. And I think that's a little bit more towards like the older generations um, or just maybe parents not really understanding or like having your friend group make fun of you when you first start to do it. That was something I always struggled with. So for me, those were kind of like the first two things that came to mind. But. It really is this incredible industry that I think is only at the tipping point. I think it's going to shift in how it's maybe structured, but I don't think that it's going away anytime soon.
2: I think the same thing is happening with influencers that used to happen to models. I feel like we've shifted away from doing the same exact thing to models and being like, oh, you just look pretty and take pictures. And then people have like realized that that's actually not the case. But then we're doing the same thing as a so- as a society to influencers.
3: Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say the same thing as Bailey. Like, I definitely think that it's looked at as an easy job, but it is a lot of work. And I I recently saw TikTok, and it was explaining the stats of women in this industry and how many more are present in the influencer space. And I think that kind of plays into it because I honestly truly believe if it was men in this industry doing this, it wouldn't be as frowned upon. But I love this industry. I think it's so fun. I think it's so, it's just like, moving towards what the future is going to be. It's marketing, but it's way more efficient and way more organic and like authentic, I think.
2: Yeah, and so productive, like from a marketing standpoint, because that's what I see and tracking all of that. And I'm like, yeah, it makes so much. That's why I like marketing in the first place is because it's like the mental impact and like influence that it has on people's buying decisions. It just makes sense. I'm like, this should have been what we were doing even when we didn't have the internet. <laughs> It's interesting what you said about like men not being in the space too because I I'm looking for men in these campaigns because like very happy to say that a lot of brands are really focused on diversity in terms of gender and race and but it's really hard. It's hard mm-hmm. from like being in the middle and having to look for those type of people and the right fit for the brand and it's hard to find the right people and because there's not a lot of men and they're also not used to the space as much. So as far as like negotiating, being responsive and working with brands, it's just interesting to see the difference between like how those conversations go. What do you think like really needs to change about it other than like the stigma that comes from outside perception? Is there anything else that you think like really needs to change?
3: Yeah, I think in the last few years, we've seen a huge improvement in body inclusivity included within the space. And I'd say in the last, year there's been a focus on more diversity but i do think there's always room for growth in both of those also in like the lgbtq plus i feel like those accounts don't get as much love and so i think that brands need to focus on making sure those are all even like if you're having a white skinny girl then you should be have or five of them then you should be having five people of color and five people body inclusive you know what i mean Mm mm-hmm
0: No, I I completely agree. I would echo that. I also would say, like, I would love to see more support from the platforms for creators. I think it is starting to shift that way. Like, YouTube monetizes um, or compensates their creators for their views and like with ads and TikTok does that as well but I think Instagram needs to step it up and I think we are starting to see some of this with their shopping coming out and I have some predictions and I'm really curious to see if they kind of come to fruition but I mean they're like the one platform that I feel like doesn't really support their creators not only from a monetary aspect but even just from a straight up support aspect it's just I feel like there should be more resources, more ways to learn about how the platforms actually run and just so that everybody can actually be productive and proactive in the space versus just like throwing shit at the wall sometimes.
3: Yeah, they're so mysterious. It's so frustrating and annoying. No one knows what's going on in Instagram. Everyone you ask is like, I don't know, I hate Instagram. We can't keep up. Every few months is a change in algorithm or changing what they require for you to show up in the feed.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it seems like they focus a lot on ad revenue rather than
0: mm-hmm. like
2: creator content, like you're saying. So I'm hoping also, Bailey, that they get on board and help the creators because, I mean, they would be nothing.
3: Well, I mean, my creator just predict-
0: needs to help us help them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they don't need our help. <laughs> <laughs> I know, they, that's the thing. what they think. But I mean, I, my prediction is that they've like, really ramped up their shopping, and my I guess my hope, more than anything, is that they'll turn it into like a reward-style affiliate, so that mm-hmm. if you're linking mm-hmm. through their platform, you can at least earn a commission. So here's hoping. We can be optimistic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> might be might be 2028 by the time that happens, but who knows? <laughs>
2: Yeah, totally. I agree. I think, yeah, it's time for platforms to get on board. But you're right. TikTok's pretty good about it. um, Being like creator forward and then YouTube has always been like the OG and like actually valuing the people that make their Mm -hmm. platform possible. So I'm with you on that.
0: Like even just the fact that they send people like little trophy awards when they hit a certain yeah. subscriber, like not that it's about that, but it's just like mm-hmm. the appreciation that YouTube has for their creators. I love.
2: Yeah. And I think TikTok does something similar. I don't know if it's like milestones towards a certain mm-hmm. follower count, but I know they have like little packages if you're in their creator. Um, I forget what they call it, like the creator fund or whatever. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in the influencer space as well, I know a lot of people... Want to be in it. And that comes with challenges too. And one of those biggest challenges that we hear a lot about is just struggling with confidence. I think a lot of that comes from the weird stigma of people thinking, like, who are you to try and do this? Or like, who are you to influence me in any type of decision? So I'm curious, like, what your journey with confidence has been, and if there's anything that you've done, like, really intentionally to, like, really prioritize growth in that area.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's still a journey, I will say. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm like my personal account and brand kind of was a byproduct of my businesses and just working with other influencers through those businesses and I never really like sought it out I'm really grateful for it I don't take um, I don't take it for granted is what I'm trying to say but <laughs> I, when that first started happening, people were, like, asking me to share more stuff. And, like, I remember the first time I ever talked on stories, I was scared shitless. Like, it was so out of my comfort zone. Now you can't shut me up. And I think <laughs> for me, it's just been, like, continuing to always look for that evolution and not get too comfortable in it. I mean, there's always going to be something new that's going to be uncomfortable or, like, weird to try. And I don't ever want to not do that just because it's it is a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, if it doesn't resonate with me, I'm not going to do it, but I'm not going to ever let the fear of someone else's judgment stop me from doing something that I find interesting. So, I mean, like when I first started shooting with a tripod, I felt ridiculous. Like I still do to this day, like I'll wait in my car for half an hour until there's no people around. And I try and share that because I want to normalize that part of it for creators, because I think it's something where especially if you're not a creator or maybe even if you are, you're looking at other ones and thinking like, wow, their content, like they must have someone taking their shots or they must not struggle with that. And I think for me, I've had so many amazing conversations and such an incredible response to more of that behind the scenes content that really like sheds the light on the struggles. So yeah, I mean, it just, it's been a journey and it still is. I agree with Bailey on the confidence thing. I
3: think it's kind of something you're always, Seeking in life and I've definitely had my struggles in the past like when I started working for Bailey like three years ago my Instagram wasn't even public because I was kind of like nervous about what people thought of me and I truly think like when I started the podcast I don't know why I just had this like switch in me like I don't care what people think about me anymore maybe it was age so I guess like my advice would be just like be patient with yourself. I feel like every person I know is struggling with confidence out there. I don't think I've met anyone who isn't or like is a hundred percent confident. Or if they are like, we don't really want to, we don't,
2: we don't like narcissists. So (laughs) That's
3: so true. Uh, Yeah. I, I just like trust the process, like give yourself grace and give yourself time to grow. And I think it'll happen when you're ready because I think if you force it before you're ready, I don't think you'll feel good about it. And you'll still have insecurities. So
2: yeah, and that's like when you were going through that both of you, like I was thinking about how like it ebbs and flows. And there's like a very fine line between like, is this authentic to me and something I want to share because I want to put it out there and I'm nervous because of like what people are going to say? Or do I feel like I need to say something just to put it out there and like, be this persona i don't feel like i'm doing a good job describing my thought no i
0: totally get what you're saying like i i will say that stepping into more of like that content creator role really made me self-reflect a lot more and like be more intentional with why i was doing things whether that was like my own post or just sharing like social issues and things that i'm passionate about and i think that it 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 is really difficult to get or easy to get caught up in it because you see someone else putting out content twice a day and you haven't posted in three days and you're like, shit, should I be doing that? Should I just go like push off everything on my kitchen Island and try and take a cute photo when my house is actually really a mess? I feel like shit. Like it's kind of like you really have to do that internal um, work and see if it's something that's you're doing for yourself or for others.
3: Yeah. I so agree with that, Bailey. I think I genuinely enjoy, and I have a very small following. Let me just say that but I genuinely enjoy going out and taking outfit photos and if you don't enjoy doing that then the longevity of it is not going to benefit you.
0: No, if you're doing it just to like try yeah. and get a paycheck or like a following, and you mm-hmm. aren't actually like passionate about styling outfits and going out creating content, you are going to feel fucking exhausted yeah. at the end of the day. Because I'll tell you, like, I love doing it, and sometimes I feel exhausted doing it. Of but course. like, maybe Everyone. it's not fashion for you. Maybe it's you love cooking. Maybe it's recipes. Like, I don't think that mm-hmm. it has to be what someone else is doing. And I know we were just talking about human design before this, but. But in the human design, like they really say that that helps you figure out how you best perform and succeed because someone else's success isn't going to be parallel to yours. Like it's not going to be identical. So you have to find what works for you.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've had someone on the podcast. um, I've mentioned her several times because I just am obsessed with that episode. But she talks about building a business that's like sustainable for you. And it's like, yeah, if you don't like what you're doing or if you're doing it for an ulterior like motive, other than you like to do that, because it is work. Like we've already talked about that when we're talking about influencing and like the industry in itself, like it's still a job, whether you like to do the thing that you're working on or not. And it's going to feel like that sometimes. So find something that's sustainable. And if it's not, then like Mm -hmm. evaluate why you're feeling so like stressed out about it or like it's not working. There's just so much to work through. I feel like when you're putting yourself out there like that, especially with like the feedback that we can get sometimes or cancel culture and all of that. And like Bailey, when you were saying sometimes you wait in your car 30 minutes to take (laughs) pictures just to get people out of the way, like sometimes I'll go out and then just be like, well, it's not working today
0: (laughs) and just completely scrap the whole thing and try again. Mm -hmm. Same. I've done that so many times and me too. Yeah. Like there's, I've had guys walk past me, make creepy comments. And then I've had like young girls who walk past me and I'm like, I'm most afraid of them judging me for some reason, (laughs) but they're always the ones being like, I love your outfit. I'm like, Oh my God, don't look at me. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You always, there's always going to be those negative comments or people who judge you, but you just kind of have to focus on the good ones because they definitely outweigh the bad at the end of the day. And I think that's pretty obvious.
2: Yeah, it sucks that our brains, like, aren't wired to focus on that. Like, thanks, biology. Yeah. I would yeah. prefer to when focus on the fix good. When can we fix
3: that? Yeah. When is a scientist going to fix that for can us? Can
2: we put in a request to fix that? Yeah. <laughs> the way social media is now, we have this whole other layer of cancel culture. And I think there's so much fear for new creators and people trying to enter the space or really feel, like, compelled to share something. And then they're held back by fear of being canceled. and this is just like I'm glad that we're having more open conversations about it in general, but what are your thoughts on cancel culture? like is there a way to to hold someone accountable online? That's the question that I'm wondering that I don't have an answer to,
0: but like can't is it possible? Do we need to be doing that? I don't know. I mean, I do think that definitely like accountability should be there, but I don't think that I believe in cancel culture. I think like, going after people is a little ridiculous. Like, I understand if a brand's working with someone and it doesn't align with them because of something that's come out, like, for them to not work with them. I get that, but I don't think that we need to go into the comment section and just, like, bully people. I think that, like, leading with shame is never going to fix anything. Like, I'm a firm believer in that, and I just have no tolerance for it personally i just think that shame stifles any kind of growth or change and i would rather lead with compassion and i do think people have to re-earn trust or like it takes time for things like that you know what i mean um and there's also different severities and repeat offenders and like things like that and then there's people you just can't even like be bothered with but I just personally don't have the energy to, like, put into cancelling someone. I would rather just focus on my growth and, like, the people who are actually aligned with my core values. Yeah, I don't think anyone...
3: I don't know if I've personally heard anyone say that they they think cancel culture is the right way to go. Um, I was listening to a podcast recently. But, yes, I agree that accountability should be a thing. I was listening to The Bitch Bible with Jackie Schimmel. And I think Lauren Bostic was on it. And she was talking about how, like, Chrissy Teigen released this apology letter and so i think accountability is the best way to go but as long as people are being truthful with them and i feel like it'll play out in the way it should eventually cuz like if you're just making an apology to make an apology to save yourself then i don't think it's going to continue on for the rest of your life like you're going to have something else come up and you're going to you're going to kind of probably get the wrath of it again So accountability yes but as long as it's coming from the right place i guess is what i'm trying to say
0: also cancel culture you can't cancel someone like they're still alive they might not be as popular and but it's like why can't we focus on helping educate them and that's not everybody's responsibility i get it but like if our goal is to actually have more change and more movement of the needle i just think that there's better ways to do it than cancel culture
2: Agreed. Yeah, it's such a complicated like phenomenon that's happening and I've talked to someone who was canceled and she had like posts that were um, obviously like not very kind. She's kind of calling out someone else and then it kind of blew up and her whole business like got tanked. She had to get help from like the police to make sure that she was safe and it was just like this whole big thing and um, she talked a lot about the accountability piece and that's where I still have like questions. I'm definitely not like expecting you to have answers because I don't think there are any answers. I think it's just mm-hmm. like an ongoing conversation. Um, but in regards to accountability, it's like, am I responsible for holding this like other person accountable when I already see like fifty thousand comments about something? Like, am I really helping that person in any way? Do they get it? Like, where is my like? What is my role in this person's growth online when I don't know them? But then right. it's like, how do you, right. I don't know? I'm never gonna know if that person is really understanding. the point
0: yeah no and I I don't think that's anyone's responsibility to know what the other person's like true intentions are that's theirs like we at the end of the day we can't control that I think it's just kind of like what each of us individually choose to surround ourselves with as well because that's what you end up consuming more of and like spending your energy on and I just I don't know it is like I've definitely been a mean girl in my past like I've definitely had things I'm not proud of I've done so much growth in the past five years one year like however long and like for sure there is something out there somewhere about me or like someone doesn't like me and I just I don't know like I I think though that now where I'm at like I I truly no, I'm a good person and I think that like people can change and like for example Stassi Schroeder like I don't agree with what she did at all like I think it was really fucked up but I think that there could be so much to be shown for someone sharing their growth and like seeing that when they're in the public eye like to to know how they're learning but also as Jackie said it has to be authentic mm-hmm. and it can't be performative so it, it is such blurred lines you know like it is really hard.
3: Well, I was going to use the example of Rachel Kirkconnell and like obviously we truly don't know the full story but I just given their last conversation I don't think that Matt James would have got back together with her if she hasn't had that accountability and done the work but she hasn't necessarily like preached it online so people probably still have their biases about Mm -hmm. it and people have probably still cancelled her and it's quite interesting to think about because why would Matt James be with her then?
0: Yeah, and I kind of love though that she like is doing the work off hundred percent, a hundred percent.
3: But I'm just saying, like with cancel culture, it's probably it's probably difficult to navigate when you get canceled. Yeah,
2: because I feel like you would yeah. probably feel some type of like desire to compensate and like show what mm-hmm. you've done if you're being accused of, you know, the opposite. But yeah, I've noticed that too. And I think like that speaks to the authenticity side of it where like even though she's not like this huge advocate right now for like she's not posting resources every day. She's not making it like a regular part of her content calendar to include resources and talk about these kinds of conversations. But obviously something happened behind the scenes where Mm -hmm. Matt's obviously back together with her and feeling like there's genuine work being done
3: there yeah yeah, and, and I think it goes back to what you were saying Bailey about how you know who you are inside at the end yeah of it, and, and like it's intentions. all
0: varying degrees too and it's like I just think that we have to allow for the growth because like we're never I mean I, at least for me I don't want to be the same person every single year of my life like I want to keep growing and evolving and learning and I've become way more compassionate and I'm not saying I was like a, ever a really bad person but like I just, I know that I've had bad days where I've said something rude or something. You know what I mean? Like, I just want everybody to know that I've like never done like a Stassi Schroeder thing. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, like I just, I don't know. I think you do have to know who you are, but it's, the internet's a scary place to be Have mm-hmm. to put stuff up. And like, I will still to this day know I'm a good person and be scared to put something up, so.
2: Mm-hmm. I know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think even like, cause we watched The Bachelor my husband and I, and, you know, we like comment while we're watching. And then I'm like, what if I put that comment online? Like that's, you know, it's weird where it's like, if you're in a watch party or something, and then you can say something and it's okay. And then you put it online and you'd be totally Mm -hmm. slammed. I think there's just a lot of interesting nuance to how people react. I, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it will continue to be an interesting topic and conversation in the online space, because at first I think it was like, oh my gosh, everyone's getting canceled. Like you can't get canceled. That's like a death sentence. And now we're kind of seeing like, all right, if people are saying you're canceled, here are the people that have like really done the work and come out on the other side and able to like still keep going and not just completely tank everything and like be a good human. So yeah, I just think it's so interesting and there's a lot of different facets to it. With your podcasts and your businesses how, how has that come to be in terms of like, is there any piece of advice that you've really gotten, um, more like present day? Cause like we've all gotten advice and I feel like you go through phases where you're really working on like some theme or topic in personal and professional lives. So I'm curious if there's anything that you're like currently
3: focusing on
2: that's helping you with professional goals.
3: For me, and I've talked about it on a few podcasts and on my personal podcasts in COVID, I left my job that was Provided me a lot more money monthly and started my own thing. And that's all I ever said I wanted to do was work for myself at the end of the day, ever since I was a kid. And so I've, I guess it's like my own advice. It's not really a piece that's been given to yeah. me. But it's just that if you're happy doing something and it's less money, then that's way more worth it, in my opinion. And I feel like that's really what's the word what is would you say shine through or show? no Showing is not a word
0: sean thank
3: you thank you sean sean through in oh there's a sean
0: light it's sean light no. Sh- Shown Wait, through. I think it's for no so it's showing i is, thought there was a different sentence going on this is me to a t if you listen to what day is it
3: i love to say random words but i think that's been really shown in my life in the last year in my relationship in my relationships with my friends in my relationships with my family um in my overall well-being and so if you are in a job and i feel so awful saying this because i know bailey we've talked about on the podcast before like money is an issue for people and people don't always have the luxury to go make a less income and do something that makes them happy but if you have the opportunity to do it please try because i feel. 100 times better than I did
2: a year and a half ago. I'm glad that it's been a positive experience for you and that you're feeling like really good in making that
0: decision because it's like terrifying. <laughs> Can confirm. Oh my gosh, it's so scary. <laughs> it's so scary. For me, I think it would be, I've had a lot of conversations with friends who are also creators or like entrepreneurs about boundaries. And I just think that's been something that is very hard to set, but I've really focused on implementing as many as I can in like both professionally and personally. Um so I used to be someone who would have to like and even just like with my boundaries with myself and just like what works for me. I used to always have to have my text messages at zero replied to. And now I have two hundred and seventeen unread. <laughs> my gosh. So it's like I just I've had to really work on how things were serving me and how I respond to people or like what my needs are with my clients or like just friends or anybody really and just make sure that my time is like set up so that I can actually be present with my work and do the best job that I can and show up 100%. I think that a lot of us feel guilty setting boundaries because it's often May come across as selfish or like you can come across as when you're a woman as a bitch or just anything like that and i will say that it's life-changing so if you don't set boundaries i would definitely challenge you to start
3: and to tag off of that day coming from someone who just started working for themselves a year ago it's really important that i think you do it from the very start because i've been struggling with boundaries as well personally and i recently had to email my clients and tell them I'm no longer going to be answering emails on Saturdays because I found myself working six to seven days a week so to avoid kind of the awkward conversation if you're listening and you're just starting out set the boundaries from the start and it'll make your life so much easier
2: yeah like even if you don't feel like it's going to break you like it will (laughs) that's my downfall Mm -hmm. is like i don't make a change until i'm just like completely wrecked and then i'm like oh wow i really can't keep doing this or like can't answer every text message
0: and like i'm i'm someone who wants to literally like i love helping people and i want to always go above and beyond and do anything someone asks of me But I've had so many clients ask me for like 24 hour turnarounds. And I'm just like, if every single client was asking this of me, I would be beat. I don't have the time to do this. I would like I just wouldn't enjoy my job. And so I didn't have those conversations from the beginning, like Jackie's saying. And it it doesn't mean that you can't. And I don't think that um, you can't also change that. But I think you have to communicate it because they're never going to just assume that you have to like set the boundaries and then also stick to them. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, I'm not the best at. So if you're listening right now and you struggle with that, you know, you're not alone. It's so normal. Oh, yeah. I've like just
2: now started to actually try and implement boundaries with my phone because I'm I'm just don't. And I'm like, okay yeah, screen time. Great. Let's just keep going. And then realizing like, no, this is actually terrible and I can't keep doing this. But Mm -hmm. I don't have like the foresight to like make that decision for myself before I'm like completely wrecked from it
3: at least the thought's there for you i have not even thought about setting phone boundaries for myself yeah me either so. <laughs> my screen time is concerning each week i've had a few
0: friends ask me and i literally won't tell them wait go. no now you gotta confess yeah it. you gotta say oh uh, I'll, I'll tell you mine we, mine's probably let pretty me bad too ask
3: what does your laptop time include with that no, just your phone. No, it's your phone. Oh,
0: God, it's even worse. Okay,
3: mine says, like, it's usually on average. And keep in mind, I do a lot of work on my Yeah. <laughs> I like how I'm justifying myself. What? She's going to say it's horrible and mine's going to be higher. <laughs> mine's, like, 11 to 12 hours a week.
2: If you had to, like, break it into consumption versus creating or, like, productivity, yeah. on even yeah. if it's on a social platform, like, because responding to comments is, like, work. So right. how, how would you say that, like...
3: I mean, honestly, like, to be so honest, I spend a lot of, a lot of unproductive
0: time on my phone, but I think that's so real. What's your most used app and how many hours? Okay, well, I'll pull that up. Will you admit Mine is, mine is usually eight to 10.
3: Oh my God. My unproductive time versus productive would probably be like 80, 20. If I'm being honest and... 80, 20 unproductive? Oh, 80 being unproductive, 20% being productive. Yeah. Okay. That's just being honest because I love sitting on my phone when I have a bath or I love sitting on my phone at night. And I love being on Instagram and, like, trying to build my following. So I spend a lot of time there interacting. Okay.
0: So mine is in a – let's do a week. So in a week, my average time is, like, 8 to 10. So when you go and you look at Mm -hmm. your most used apps, make sure you're on week, not day. Yeah. I wanna know your top three and I wanna know the hours.
3: My top is obviously Instagram, shocker. It says 13 hours. My second is messages. It says six, almost seven hours. And then Adobe Premiere Pro, See, this is what I mean. It plays into my laptop because I don't use Premiere Pro on my phone. Okay, so, Bailey, okay. like, don't think you're going to get away. I like how we're taking over this podcast. Don't
0: get,
2: Let's spill the beans. Come on. No, I'm, like, trying to look at mine, too. What's the tea? tea? Yeah, I, I Google
0: a lot. <laughs> you, usually, like, web WebMD web stuff about how I'm dying. Um, and that says 10 hours. So you're right, because my that's got to be my computer now. time. There's no way I'm 10 hours. <laughs> um... I'll look that up after. Instagram's next. It says six hours, messages, four hours.
2: Wow, so TikTok's not been the top three of either one. Oh, I deleted TikTok off my
0: phone. TikTok is two hours for me. The
2: last few weeks, I've really made an effort because I'm like, I can't deal with it. But before that, 14 hours. Mine's mine's like TikTok... Last week, I spent a lot of time on TikTok, two hours and 30 minutes. Instagram, two hours, 14 minutes. Google Maps, an hour, just trying to find my way.
3: Is this per day?
2: This is so confusing.
3: If you're listening, <laughs> honestly, if you want to feel good about yourself, don't look at your screen time.
2: <laughs> cool. All right, now that we've debriefed the screen time, I think I need to set some more boundaries <laughs> with that. But yes, Apple needs to like definitely differentiate between laptop and phone time that makes no sense to me we're doing great in that case (laughs) I don't know about me but let's ask the next next
3: question so I can pretend I'm doing great
2: (laughs) okay so one piece of advice that you think people need to stop listening to that kind of floats around business development self-help like any category where you are just like we need to stop talking about that.
0: Um I don't know like how the actual advice is like I, there's not like a quote or like a saying per se but I would just say that everything always has to be good or that you always have to be looking at the positive side of things like I think it's okay to have the bad days and to embrace those and to learn from them and like lean into them and like listen to what your body needs in those moments. I tried to push past them and distract for so long from that and it just caught up with me and I think that we're all gonna have those days the goal is never gonna be that they're gonna go away or that the anxiety is gonna go away or that the mistakes are gonna go away i think we just have to actually like learn to sit in them and be okay with that
3: i agree um i feel like this is kind of repetitive from our last topic but just like always being busy and it's kind of a buzz topic right now i feel with yeah the influencer community just like always being busy equals success and I think we're moving away from that finally which is good but yeah being busy
2: I think we're moving away from that in terms of like the the narrative is changing I still think it's like very difficult to put that in place because people like to say that it's not a badge of honor to be busy and then they're very busy me so that is I me. feel like there's a
3: disconnect <laughs> yeah and I'm working I mean it. it's everyone it's like me right now too no I agree I feel like I, I've been dabbling in like a few different things with the podcast trying to build my following trying to work for myself and I'm busy all the time but I'm trying to separate and have some sort of balance even though it doesn't exist and just stop working at five if I can like obviously if I have deadlines I'm gonna do it because I have people relying on me but I think it is really important, again, going back to what Bailey said about drawing your boundaries. This
2: last question is like a fun one that I wanted to throw in here because I saw a post about it the other day and I was like, wow, we don't talk about that. But it was about happiness triggers because we hear a lot about like negative triggers or like this type of conversation really triggers me and I have to work through this trigger. And um, that's great. I am an advocate for working through triggers and taking responsibility for what triggers you and all of that. Um, But I like that this framed triggers in a different way and what makes you happy and like these are things that you can go to when you are having one of those rough days or when you're like having a bad day and need to lean into it like what are the things that trigger you into happiness or like the beginning steps to coming out of that darker place
0: animals for me like biggest one is animals obviously my dog specifically but like any dog or like any animal would do it for me and music like i if i'm having a bad day i always go to music
3: Mm, yeah I love good this ones. question. Um, I actually wrote a few down, so probably the first one would just be spending intentional time with people in my life, whether that's like my boyfriend or my family. I genuinely feel so fulfilled and just happy or like sorry with my boyfriend's family as well. I feel so safe with them, and I love just tucking my phone away for a little bit and having real conversations these days. I feel like... It's not hard to come by, but it's less come by as it used to be, so that is definitely a happy trigger for me. And then another one would probably just moving my body in whatever way I need to during the day. If that's a walk, if that's a workout, if that's a stretch, that's a happy trigger for me.
2: Mhm. Yeah. I think like the common theme with a lot of them that I've heard and ones for myself too are just like things that remind us to be a human, the weird that we need to be reminded of that. So I think it's important to like prioritize finding those and acknowledging them just as much as it is like looking for things that maybe put you in a negative headspace, like focus on the things that put us in a positive headspace.
0: Yeah, I feel like you have to like fear and a lot of negative emotions are either like about the future or the past Mm -hmm. and happiness is really about being in the present and so I think like anything that brings you back to that like you're saying about being a human I think that is like definitely a happiness trigger
2: yeah and that like the present moment I think has that's like a hard thing for me to understand or like grasp my head around sometimes because I think like I think I'm in the present moment but I'm still worried about something that's like in the very near future mm-hmm. but it's like no that's still not this moment like right now I'm literally on the mic sitting at my desk like nothing is happening and then I'll find myself worried about like the next 30 minutes from now and it's like the same kind of cycle that you get stuck in so I think like finding the present moment can be
3: challenging too. Oh my gosh
0: it's so hard. Totally and when you When you think about like the present, this is something I've learned and like, I don't have this down pat. I'm still like, it just blew my mind when I learned it is that when you think about the future and like what you're doing next or worrying about what you're doing next, you're like cutting yourself off to opportunity because you're actually just kind of moving yourself in that direction subconsciously and like not even thinking about what else could come into your, your energy field or like whatever you want to call it. And so like for me, being present has really been a focus of mine because I wanna always like have opportunity and like experience things. And so I think, I mean, fear is so so relatable for so many people mm-hmm. and it's hard to get out of that. But I think being present is so it's powerful. So I was in a massage,
3: an RMT massage the other day and I couldn't stop thinking about how much work I had to do when I got out of it or the podcast that we had to record. And it's so hard to be yeah. present. I feel like I'm never present, but those sliver of moments that you have when you are present, I guess like, yeah, try and lean into them. It's really hard to, because it feels good in the moment, but then I feel like it's a, a fleeting moment. It goes away so fast and I'm definitely not present all the time. I need to work on it.
0: If you're struggling with it, like what they have people with panic, like who have panic attacks do is talk about like their five senses, like list out things you smell, list out things that you taste or like see or feel. Like if your dog's on your chest, like focus on like the feeling of their fur mm-hmm. on your skin. Like those things bring you back into your body and like take you out of the kind of worries sometimes I have to do
3: it five times before I feel present yeah
2: well I love your podcast and I love what you're doing I love that you guys have a mix of like I think you make these types of conversations so accessible because you bring in like aspects of pop culture and just like relatable lighter topics and then you also mix in like very important topics I, I just think it's so great that you're able to reach an audience in that way and it makes it so accessible. So where can we connect with you?
0: Yeah, our Instagram is, what Day is it Podcast. We're on all major platforms. Um, my personal is baileyjst. If you want to check out our merch, it's whatdayisitpodcast.com. My personal is at Jackie Rye. It's spelled
3: kind of weird, J-A-C-C-I-R-A-I. And then you can join our Facebook group, What Days Friendships on Facebook. It's a secret little group. Where we post things weekly, and it's just easier to connect with us there and connect with the guests. I think that's it.
1: Alrighty, that is it for this week's episode. I really hope you loved it. Go follow What Day Is It podcast. Go follow Jackie and Bailey. All linked in the show notes for you. And let's support female voices, female content creators. I love social media for its ability to bring people together, not bring people apart, so let's continue to pay it forward. All right, I will talk to you in the next episode.